And welcome back to another edition of the Profit Roadmap. I'm Bear Duplissy alongside Cody Owen, as always. And we are so excited today to finally get the literal face of Service Autopilot to be in our studio with us at the Profit Roadmap. We are so excited to welcome our marketing director, who hails from the University of North Texas, majored in English. I want to hear more about that. Mr. Chris Sims. How are you today, sir? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. Really happy to be here. So for if the voice sounds familiar, it's because it probably is, guys, because you probably have seen one of the, I don't know, we're at 20,000 videos that Chris has done on behalf of Service Autopilot. His face is probably more familiar than his voice, but today we get to enthrall you with uh, the wonderful, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Cody? Comes from the vocal cords, sounds, besides, more eloquent. Bravado, I think is the, the bravado. Word. Yes. That's the word. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I have a lot of bravado. There we especially go. When I'm talking about radio voice, fantastic, fantastic. Oh. Uh, I was going to say dulcet tones. <laughs> dulcet. That was see. That was the. That's, that was, that's, that's probably more. That's like what it. I was working. That's what I was, the dulcet tones. Uh, that's what I was looking at. Um, was looking for for sure. Well, Chris, thank you again for joining us today. We're um, we're really excited to finally have you uh, because marketing is something that uh, obviously Cody knows a great deal about because uh, he works for you. Or a tiny thimble. Um, a thimble full of knowledge. <laughs> but marketing is something that is done across the board from business to business, different scales, mind you, and different types of marketing. Um, but there are a lot of principles that can be applied to um, to every single type of business. Absolutely. And today, um, well, actually earlier, uh, Cody was actually doing a uh, Facebook Live video on our uh, Service Autopilot Facebook page with uh, Mike Callahan, Certified Advisor, Simple Growth. In the members group. So you got to be members in, group. The, so in the members group to check that out. Check it out if you, ha- if, you mi- if you happen to miss it live because you can always look back at it. But they were talking about something specifically called content marketing. Uh, and I'm really excited to hear your thoughts about this and how this can be applied to some of our members and to our listener base in general when it comes to their small business. What are some of the key principles and important features of content marketing specifically? I would say that the the key feature of content marketing is that, you know, every every time that you reach out and you talk to your customers or you talk to your leads, it's sort of a transaction. It's a relational transaction. And historically... Uh, companies and marketers have it, it's been very one-sided it's a lot of asking for for things asking for the buy asking for the email address asking for the commitment you hear the term a lot call to action you want to get that email address or you want to get that contact information and what's really great about content marketing specifically is that the people that are doing the marketing are kind of exchanging back they're they're sort of depositing, you know, I've heard the the analogy of your relationship with your leads and your customers is kind of like a bank and you deposit money into the bank and you also withdraw money out. And again, like I said, historically, marketers have just done a lot of withdrawing, withdrawing. But in the content marketing world, there's infinitely more depositing into that account than there is withdrawing. And so the basic concept is that you're just constantly delivering usable and valuable content. I mean, the video that you guys did today, that's an example of content marketing. You're giving information to the leads or to the customers and asking for very little back. And so I like that because it's more of a of a helping and teaching and like I said, depositing into that relational account 
than withdrawing. See, I love the fact that Chris is using metaphors. It's like he's almost speaking to me. So you always talk above my, over my head, Cody. And so it's really nice to have someone in the room that actually can relate to me. This is nice. Chris uh, is a nice guy. He doesn't, he doesn't like to make people feel little like I do, Bear. Yes. Um, but what's really, what's, really interest, what's really interesting about what you're saying is, and what you're painting with that metaphor uh, was the fact uh, the relationship with the, the client and the lead is like a bank. And, but with content marketing, it actually becomes a reverse scenario where you're, uh, you're investing more in them rather than vice versa. And I'm a big proponent of education. That's the way I approach sales here at Service Autopilot. And I approached it actually before I even got here with the various positions that I've held. And uh, would you, uh, Chris, would you say that education is probably the most uh, successful form of content marketing? Um, I think it depends on what type of product you're selling and who, who your customer is. Well, it's related to some of our uh, some of our listeners, the the folks out there that do cleaning, for example, or lawn care or the green industry. What um, how what are your feelings about that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit different um, for them than it would be for us because we're we're B two B, right? So we're we're mostly talking to business owners that are kind of trying to do the same thing that we're doing um, from a marketing and a selling standpoint. Um, and so for our customers or for our members, uh, it's a little bit different because most of, I would say, you know, 90% of those relationships are more of a B2C type of scenario. And so in those cases, it's not always necessarily about um, education as much as it is about giving them content, giving the consumer content that, uh, that they want to engage with. And so depending on who your, your market is, you'll hear me talk a lot about and other marketers talking about customer avatars or, or profiles. And it's just the concept of trying to kind of narrow down who your customer is and figure out the things that they uh, engage with, the things that they're into, um, and giving them that. Finding creative uh, and innovative ways to give them the type of content that they would already be interested in consuming um, mm-hmm. and relating it to your business. And in a lot of cases, again, like going back to this idea of content marketing is a lot of depositing and less withdrawing from that relationship, the content doesn't always even have to be specifically related to the product that you're selling. In fact, I would say in a lot of cases, it's not. Um, you're talking about the calendar you put on your fridge or... Well, I just like, mean like, it, let's say you're a lawn care company. That doesn't mean all of your content marketing has to be how to make your lawn look more green or, you know, what are the in styles of, uh, you know, bush trimming or whatever. Like it doesn't have to be specifically related to that. It just needs to be something that they want to engage with. Exactly. So someone who does this really, really well uh, that members could look to as, as an example of how to manage social media is Nicole Godar from Scooters Lawn Care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can find them on Facebook and look fan at of the how show. She, She's a fan of the show. She is a fan. Hey, Nicole, what's up? Uh, so I was talking to her this morning uh, because she does social media consulting, and we were talking about different ways that lawn care companies can engage with people that like their Facebook page. And we were talking about the importance of like putting a face to the company, so showing pictures of employees 
and and the owner and like the way we see chris everywhere on service autopilot stuff yeah yes yeah okay uh give people a face to attach to and like in social media if you're scrolling past photos you're not going to stop on some random landscape photo that's like oh somebody's beautiful yard sure yeah whatever uh but if there's someone in that photo looking me in the eyes and smiling at me i'm infinitely more likely to stop and look and see what's going on because it's the same, it, our brains are wired to work that way. When you make eye contact with someone in public, mm-hmm. it can be either really awkward or it can be like, oh, hey, a friend. So something else I got from that particular point was that, yeah, the, the rolling green lawn kind of gets tiresome. Um, but also creating like relevant um, photographs in the example that we're using. Like because, you know, you know, I'm from El Paso, Texas. And, you know, if I'm scrolling on someone's Facebook page and I see like, you know, drifts of pure white snow that's really not relevant to me at all because i saw snow like four times in my childhood you know it just it's not relevant right so you want to pick out stuff that's familiar and and maybe and the landscape thing is kind of is kind of a stretch because again the rolling lawn concept is a little bit a little bit tiresome but being relatable to your market you know if you're um you know if you're in a specific geographic area there's something probably famous i'll take the dakotas for for an example mount rushmore you know, make it very pertinent to your market. You know, yes, that's a little stereotypical, but you get what I'm saying. But like, what's going on in your town? This is Nicole and I were talking mm-hmm. about this this morning too. Uh, city halls, at least like when I, where I grew up, I hung out in the town square, and the city hall was in the middle of it. And they, I thought you were going to say you hung out at city hall, and I was going to call. I was going to call BS <laughs> on that one. So I was just hanging out with the mayor. You know, had the mayor's key to the city. Oh, stop! And but we did events every Friday night, a lot of Saturday nights at City Hall. And the way that they advertised those events was maybe they made a Facebook event and they put them on a bulletin board that was public outside of City Hall. So they were like horribly advertised. They had all right turnout, but usually it was just people who gathered up because it was Friday night and we were all going to be there. Mm -hmm. But you can go and share those Facebook events uh, because they don't do a good job of publicizing themselves Right. It you become kind of a source for that. And if you follow the different like culture magazines for your county and your city, then you find out about these events. And that can also turn into you finding ways to sponsor those events and getting yourself in front of people there. And then like there's the power of people seeing you multiple times. So they heard about this event that they took their kids to to go see, you know, the emoji movie or whatever at City Hall because you posted it on Facebook. And then they get there and Oh, gee whiz, look who's sponsoring this showing of the Emoji Movie. It's Cody's Lawn Care Company. And next thing I know, you know, I see Cody in his uh, Cody's Lawn Care shirt walk up to me and say hi. And now I've seen the logo three times. You've helped me in a way that, like, doesn't apparently serve Cody in any way. This is the third time you've interacted with me. Then I say, hey, have you, uh, how's your lawn looking? How's it taking care of itself? And they go, gee, my lawn's dead, Cody. Will you come revive it like you've revived my soul by showing me the emoji movie? Well, I mean, a lot of times... Thank you that... for interrupting, Chris. I was distracted <laughs> by the word gee whiz. Thank you. Please, please. <laughs> a, words a, of wisdom. A lot of times you don't even, in those cases, because you've established such a um, such a reputation of being involved in the community, um, you don't even have to even have that hard sell conversation. People will just be attracted to you. you know, I, th- I think it's really interesting that you brought up the the whole city hall concept because I think that business owners in the service industry, as well as you know, a lot of other industries, 
uh, brick and mortar type places as well. Um, it's a really interesting time where people engaging in local business is like the cool thing to do right now. It's, it's, it's really transformed over the, even, you know, since I've been, you know, an adult paying my own bills and, and deciding, you know, which brands I want to engage in. in the yeah. Last chains are dead, years. right? That's the thing right now. Chains are dead or They're dying. Inhuman. Exactly. It, it, and, and I think that, and, and chains, I have a couple of friends that do social media type stuff for, um, big chain restaurants and, and things like that. And they're trying to figure out ways to tap into this same thing that local businesses have been able to tap into, which is that personal relationship, that feeling of, hey, this brand and this company is involved in my community, in my neighborhood. Um, and it, it kind of all ties back to, in some ways, it, it kind of sucks that things are this way, but people want to, you know, we're we're a species of tribes and herds and we really long to engage with and and be a part of our tribe like find our group and our people and local businesses can tap into that by firmly planting themselves into specific tribes and communities Mm -hmm. um and and that's as simple as showing up at events and you know, are your are you putting your kids into the same things that your customers are putting their kids into? Or are you engaging in other local business? So when some new restaurant pops up and has an event and everyone's going to hang out or check the place out, are you there? Are you talking to people? Are you having conversations? Are you getting involved in local churches or religious organizations or volunteer organizations are you doing those things like that's super important now because sponsoring that little league team exactly you should sponsor that little league team yeah i mean depending on your business and depending on who again who your avatar is more than likely especially for like the lawn care guys and the and the um the house cleaning folks as well like that's where your people are at. They're involved in those things. And so it's hypercritical that you're involved in them too. Um, and in fact, I would discourage any new, any person that was wanting to start up a new lawn care or cleaning business, probably my number one piece of advice to them would be move to the market that you want to serve because that those are the companies that people want to engage with. They want they want to get the recommendation from their friend or their neighbor, and they want to hear, oh, yeah, this is a guy that I go to church with, or this is a guy that our kids play baseball together with, or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. It's just people are starting to, in ways, resist the big brands, even in metropolitan areas like DFW, the same way that you find in, in smaller towns. I really like this idea of being kind of hyper local uh, and you can be a big business in your area, but still really play, like really find a way to integrate that into your brand voice that, you know, we're from Sugarland or we're from Garland or whatever it is. Integrate yourself into the community <laughs> and, and make it where people connect you in their mind with being part of this community. And I absolutely, I think that like living amongst the people that you want to uh, you know, have your business serve, your ideal customer, 
makes perfect sense. Also, if you live there, you probably know what they like because you're pretty yeah. similar to them. Yeah, Absolutely. that's, that's uh, something to take away from this conversation. I am totally going to adopt the phrase hypercritical and dump the phrase gee whiz out of my vocabulary. <laughs> but something you mentioned earlier, I want to go back a little bit here, Chris. Golly, Bear, why would you do a thing oh, like that? Good God, stop it. <laughs> um, you were talking about profiling. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about avatars and profile, but profiling is something that we were, we were just discussing without even really knowing about it. Now, profiling has, is, you know, historically speaking, is it, it has a negative connotation attached to it. But we are talking about profiling from a marketing standpoint. And if you're associating, like Cody just said, and, and you just mentioned too, Chris, if you're associating yourself with the market that you want to be associated with, you know, ingraining yourself in that community, ingraining yourself in that uh, that that neighborhood or whatever, um, that profiling it doesn't have to be a negative uh, taken to a negative light because it you obviously want to be associated with the 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 market that you want to be associated with and what would be a good way for for a company or a business to uh, to profile in this manner that would uh, elevate their business in a positive light i mean i think that the first step is to actually sit down and do it um we have a worksheet on the blog. There will be a link in the show notes where you can go download. We have a template you can use to work on your customer avatar. Yeah, that'd be good. I mean, we we actually just recently did that internally. Like we, We've talked about the concept of customer avatars and, and customer profiles, um, you know, ever ever since I've, I've been here. Um, I know that Jonathan is a big Dan Kennedy fan and, and – profiling customers and and really trying to craft narratives um, that match who your customer is is a big uh, a big piece of Dan Kennedy's strategy and messaging um, so we've always talked about it um, to but, be clear we're talking about profiling in the sense of howing to market to certain profiles not profiling to push them away but to bring people in I think that's the important thing to focus on it's not the negative connotation it's the positive source of it right yes. But I would, I think that one, th- I, I know what you mean. I mean, generally when you hear the term profiling, uh, you think of things like, you know, people being profiled because of their race. And so we automatically assume that they are engaging in some type of behavior because they look this way. Um, and that's not really what what we're talking about. talking about my beard again. Yeah, exactly. No, we, I, when I say profiling, I basically mean... I mean, in a way, it is it is stereotyping and and it is assuming certain um, interests and disinterest based on um, you know where people are living and how old they are and what their family situation might be. You have to start. I think a part of it is also just looking at your customers through a human lens and you know stop thinking of them as just this machine that gives you money, uh, going back to this whole bank, you know, analogy that I've probably just been kicking way too much here, but you know, customers are humans and they have interest outside of giving you money in exchange for services. And so what are those things? And if you start to think about those things, then you can think about, you know, what are their pain points? What are, um, the things in life that make them feel excited and engaged and, and, and happy. And how can you engage in those same things? How can you um, 
provide them services or in, in the case of content marketing, how can you provide them content um, that's going to be uplifting and um, kind of give them that feeling of being, um, you know, a super mom or a super dad or a, um, you know, a, a responsible homeowner or whatever it is that they want to feel like. But yeah, no, back to back to the question. I, I think that the first step in the strategy of of trying to figure out who your customer avatar is, is just to kind of sit down and, and do some, whether it's using our, our template that we used in-house or just kind of mind mapping um, with, with you and, and some of the, you know, more creative folks in your organization. You guys know what I mean by mind mapping? I'm sure Cody does. So, I mean, I definitely do. Yeah. I mean, the, the idea of mind mapping is just uh, trying to eliminate any type of creative barrier or thinking barrier by sitting down, whether it's using technology or using just a you know piece of paper and just think about your customers and start writing down words or phrases that immediately come to mind, like zero filter, um, just start writing them down. And then once you've done that for some amount of time, say you want to do it for 30 minutes or an hour or whatever, start trying to connect the dots a little bit and you'll start to see, especially if you're doing it, um, with multiple people, you'll you'll start to see that there are some patterns there, um, and you'll start to see where you can eliminate some of the oddball things that you might think are there but really aren't, and connecting the dots as to what what really is there. And then, yeah, I, I would definitely use some type of template that says, you know, customer A that we want to, and I think a big part of this as well is figuring out what type of customer you want to serve. Sure. Now, if you're, if you've been in business for 30 years or maybe you inherited a business, a lot of times you're, you're going to have customers that you don't want or like or, or whatever. But, um, the goal is to engage in customer relations that are fulfilling to, to both parties. Sure. Um, because the real, the real key here is that you get to a point where, your customers start to become advocates for your brand. Uh, we talk about this thing called the customer journey quite a bit here, and it's this idea of these different steps that leads and customers go through um, while they're engaging with your company and your brand. Um, and just, I won't go through every single step, but just to give you an idea of the range here, your first step would be simply attraction. A lead or, or a potential client become the first thing that happens in the relationship is that they become attracted to you. It's, it's similar to, you know, a romantic relationship. That's the first step of a romantic relationship is you see a person, you say, Hey, there's something that I like about this person. It's the way they look or the way they sound or the things that they're into or whatever. And then the final stage is that they become an actual, um, advocate and promoter of your brand. Um, and again, we've talked about how important local business is, and how it's kind of becoming engaging in local business becoming a trend it's more important than ever to have advocates and promoters out there in the community for your brand because that's where people are turning to um more so than who's got the fanciest advertising or you know who's got the coolest looking logo or whatever yeah i mean just the customer profile using a template like that figuring out who your customer is um, where, where they're at in life, what sorts of things are they engaging with? 
both related to the product that you are selling and also outside of that. Once you have that information, just really brainstorming ways that you can start to engage in those same activities. So they see you in other contexts outside of you just asking them for for money. So I think I have a good example and it's very simple, but I think I have a good example. So I was talking, I was actually talking to one of our leads today and uh, he is a veteran and he lives in a military town. He wanted to he wanted to market specifically to people like him, uh, veterans and military personnel, which is heavily laced in his town. So it's a great market to go after. So mm-hmm. it's knowing his market, yep. and that's the client that he wants to serve. So what does he do? Um, he simply takes the name, uh, incorporates the word veteran into his business, and that's part of what he's doing <coughs> with it. And so this can be anything. Uh, you know, this is a very simple concept, I think. But uh, but the fact that he's identified his customer, identified his market, uh, wanted to be a part of it by just assuming the name, part of it into his business, and then and going forward with it, and and even going so far as to hire veterans, hiring like-minded individuals, kind of connecting all the dots, so to speak. Am I am I on the right track, or am I completely off base here? No, so. I think you're totally on track. I mean, and I would encourage that individual to. In, to implement that in just about every, if, if his thing, if his customer um, is, if he wants to focus on veterans and, and people or even active uh, military folks, um, I, I would engage in that in every way. I would, I would use the same type of language that is used in those communities, in my social media, in um, if I have a blog going or whatever in the video content that I'm putting out, I would just encourage him or her to stick to that voice, to refine it and to use it as much as possible. For sure. And like, I think an example of content for a business that's specifically looking at, we employ veterans and we want to provide service to veterans is doing quick write-ups with a photo of the veterans that you employ yeah tell their story yeah of you know being in service and now you know they work here you know just kind of that transition with a nice photo of them in their uniform uh with your their company uniform uh Mm -hmm. or or their service uniform depending on uh what works better no that's a great idea and it's not just in 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 this case it's not just veterans i know we're we're sticking on this veteran thing kind of like the bank thing earlier but it's not just veterans because it's something that's very marketable or something that can be very marketable to people. And people, not everyone may be a veteran, but they know a veteran. Their parents served. Their grandparents well, and especially served, in a military like town. Yeah, especially. They, exactly. The people in the town will appreciate the gesture of hiring veterans and, and reaching out to help. I mean, I think that an awesome promotion that he could do in that town is uh, – offering for your discounted service to deployed military servicemen and women uh, for mm-hmm. their families who live off base in the town. Sure. Absolutely. I think that's great. So what, um, as we're, as we're kind of wrapping this up, I feel, uh, Chris, what, um, if there was, if, the, if you had a golden nugget to give out right now, as far as just, you know, something that you see frequently that works in terms of concept with content marketing, like one little thing that you've just seen that's red hot right now. Do you have do you have something like that in your uh, in your holster that you could fire at at our listeners? Free, <laughs> uh, just that word. What what can you give for free? People right now more so than ever expect 
not only the first, but the second and the third and the fourth and the first X number of interactions with a brand to be either insanely cheap or completely free. You know, depending on what your business is, it might look different what you can give away for free. But I think that it's absolutely crucial. And look at your business. Look at what you already include with a service that you don't think to charge extra for and change the way you present that to customers. So if you're a landscape company and you do a design consultation with people that you don't charge them for, that's a free design consultation and that's how it needs to be billed to them. Uh, And if you're a lawn care company and you'll go out and do an estimate for somebody for free, it's a free estimate. Yeah. Uh, come up with the way that you can phrase that and make it sound cooler than a free estimate. Yeah, as edging part of like mowing services, and say, hey, with every with every mow, the the edging's free, you know, or or something like that, something along those lines. Yeah, and I think that so many companies, uh, especially in the service industry, they have a hard time connecting the dots between the things that you give away and marketing spend. Like it's so it's so easy to just think of oh my marketing budget it, well a lot of companies don't have a marketing budget and a lot of companies have a marketing budget that shouldn't have a marketing budget <laughs> they should just spend but that's a whole different topic uh, next time with Chris but when you give things away for free that is effectively marketing spend depending on again depending on what type of service you have in a lot of cases you are, let's say you were to give a service away for free. Let's say that you're a residential mowing company and, you know, the average lawn that you do, uh, you're charging, you know, anywhere from 25 to 45 bucks for whatever, whatever the, your market dictates. If you give something away for free, like let's say that you employ like a gift card type of strategy, um, you know, I think Jonathan has has probably, I don't know if he's talked about it on this um, podcast, but he talks about this strategy that City Turf used quite a bit um, where he would give gift cards to his customers, not for them to use, but for them to give to their friends and family. So you're effectively giving uh, service out for free, right? But each time you do that, if you give a free mowing out or even, you know, even a free... Um, two or three mowings, you're effectively, your customer acquisition cost there is still so low in the grand scheme of things. You know, if you have, if you're thinking about your client lifetime value um, and on average, like how long a customer stays with you, assuming that you provide them good service and how much they're paying you week to week, if you have a customer lifetime value of, you know, anywhere between, 500 and two grand in a lot of cases going to be higher than that depending on the services that you offer in the grand scheme of things spending a hundred dollars or even two hundred dollars or three hundred dollars to acquire a customer is still insanely profitable Um, but it's hard for companies to think about that um, maybe because they have a cash flow problem and so they don't have a lot of cash on hand to offer those types of free services, or they just don't think about giving service away for free as a marketing tool. But yeah, I think that, like I said, consumers are expecting 
things to be free. Um, they're they're expecting they're expecting brands and companies to go above and beyond and out of their way to show that they are desired as a customer. Um, Makes and, sense. And and the and, and the only way to do that now, depending, you know, I, I keep saying this, but depending on the type of service that you offer, if you're primarily commercial, it's it'd be harder to do this, but the best way to show a customer that you want them is to say, hey, we'll do this service for free to show you how good of a job that we can do. And that's that's not the right strategy. There are other it's a strategies. extreme, but yeah. Yeah, like, again, like the gift card strategy or other things that you can employ in order to give people um, goods or services for free in order to acquire them as a paying customer. Uh, I think that that is an incredibly effective strategy more so than you know the amount of money that you're spending on adwords or facebook advertising or whatever in, in certain businesses those things are going to be more effective sure uh, but in this climate where people are wanting to engage with local businesses and they more often than not are wanting to get a referral from a friend or a family member or somebody that yeah. they care about. Putting it on Facebook, recommendations, lawn care company, yes. recommendations, cleaning company, yeah. Um, establishing, establishing yourself as uh, a generous company, as a generous brand, uh, I think is one of the most, if not the most effective strategy that you can employ right now. I think those are really fabulous points. And I think, Cody, I think we got a great subject for the next time we have Chris on if you're talking about marketing budgets and things like that. And, and I think you had a great, you're going I into a great I want to know about point. these companies that have marketing budgets that shouldn't have them. Yeah, that's what I was saying. And I totally teed up something there for you, Chris. You could have, when I said, hey, I'm sure Cody knows about all about what you're about to say, you could have said, go ahead, Cody. But we really appreciate you joining us today on the Profit Roadmap. Um, some really fantastic points. Uh, free is the, is the free golden nugget, the golden bullet, whatever you want to call it, whatever metaphor you want to stick on it. We've been froth with metaphors today, guys. Uh, the bank metaphor and everything else like that. It's um, There's a lot to be said about investing in your clients and and uh, and even your leads uh, that haven't given you a dime yet. And uh, free is the, the tip of the day. So this it will wrap up another edition of the Profit Roadmap. We thank you. Chris, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, for Cody Owen, I'm Bear Duplissy, and we will see you next time. See you guys.